Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 35 of the Alt Left podcast. I am your host, Maddie Cakes. With me, as always, is the lovely Reverend Dr. K. Yeah, good evening, everyone. And special guest joining us back from the Thanks I Hate It podcast is Britt. Britt, welcome back. Nice to be back. Very excited to be here. Excellent, excellent. Now, some of you may have been wondering, wait a minute, why is the raspy voice guy doing the intro instead of Chris? Well, <laughs> Chris decided to get old as shit on us and had a birthday this week, and so he is not joining us for this episode. And Man, you know what? what a jerk. Yeah, I say Happy good riddance. Happy birthday. Fuck him. No. <laughs> Somebody's nah, going to nah. fuck him tonight. No. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons he's not joining us. <laughs> but I digress. We got Brit in this place. And you know what? I think we're getting the better end of this deal. I really do. I, th- I think that's uh, absolutely correct. I'm here for it. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. And, and Brit's here it. because she, as a matter of fact, was listening to one of our recent episodes where I happened to mention that I went to a for-profit college. She did as well, and we were talking, and we decided that would be a great topic for the episode. So today, that is what we're talking about, for-profit colleges. What are they? Are they useful? Are they not? You know, What are some of the pitfalls and chasms when, when navigating the yeah. road to deciding on a college and why you should or should not decide on for-profit. So to start us off, I, I, I want to go into what a for-profit college is. I'm sure most people have an idea, but in simplest terms, they differ from other colleges in that they are for-profit, as the name implies. With most four-year universities, what you're going to run into is a situation where any any money that those universities make, they sink back into the school. That's why they're for-profit. They work off donations, they work off other things, but all that money gets sunk right back into the school. Whereas with for-profit colleges, what you're going to find is they're going to take the cost of doing business you know, whatever it costs to hire teachers, uh, you know, to rent a facility, cost of books and all that stuff. They're going to take whatever they get from tuition and student loans. And whatever the difference is, they're going to hopefully pocket that into their, their own piggy banks. And as you can maybe guess by my description of that, that opens the floodgates for a lot of bad work. Essentially, they're very highly motivated to drain every last bit they can from their students while keeping every single cost low. Would you like to know exactly how much that is? Hit me. Okay, so interesting uh, fact here. So money spent on instruction as compared to tuition revenue. Uh, For-profit colleges spend about 26% of their tuition revenues on actual instruction. And uh, non-for-profit schools spend about 79% on the actual instruction itself. So what is that? Almost three times? Yeah, about. Almost three times the amount of of money is actually spent on instruction. With uh, for-profit schools, a majority of those funds, as, as Matt was saying, was is actually spent on like advertising and getting butts in the seat. And mm-hmm. the, the reason why it's spent on that is because that's the only way they can actually make money is by putting their name out there and getting people to come and sign up. Yeah, I, that that's absolutely insane. But that's what they're now. I want to be fair here because 
This isn't to say you can't get a good education at a for-profit college. Plenty of them do offer accreditations uh, and decent educations. My biggest issue, and again, keep in mind here, full disclosure, I'm speaking from a point of bias. I went to a for-profit college. I'd like to think I'm as objective as possible on it, but uh, I, I do have a bit of a bias when it comes to this because I am anti-for-profit colleges. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I am anti-for-profit colleges is because I went to one. Was the education I got from that college good? Yes. Is it better than the education I could have gotten in a four-year university? Absolutely not. Not at all. Not even a little bit. In fact, I know many people that went to school in the same field that I was going to that right out of the gate landed top-level jobs making the most they could possibly make. Well, I ended up struggling and eventually abandoning my career path for something completely different. It worked out in the end. I'm not complaining. I'm really happy with what I'm doing now, but... But you're not even in the same field. Not not even yeah, what you went bit. to school for. And not that that is the point, but what I'm saying is is that if he had gone to school at uh, another four-year university, there was a public school, right? And he'd gotten that same degree. It's likely that he would have been just like his other friends that would have gotten a job mm-hmm. right out of school. And now... 15 years later, he'd still be in that same field because he went to school for something that he was really interested and really passionate about. But that's not the way that it worked out in life just because he couldn't really get a job in that field. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, it was, and again, this is another reason why I don't like for-profit schools. And Britt, I want you to let me know if your experience here was the same, but. Actually, it was um, very similar. I I kind of had that same trajectory where I went to a school and, you know, it was all, it was cool. Um, I got a decent education. It wasn't the greatest education I could have received. And I know that for a fact. And I did the same thing. I was in one field and I really, really loved it. But was I going to get a job there? Absolutely not. And so I didn't. Now I'm somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. And one of the ways they, they like to get kids in is of course they're going for kids who have no idea what's what else they're they're doing in life the most of them haven't decided on anything yet and they're they're really appealing because they offer you accreditations they offer you all kinds of good stuff and one of the things they sucked me in with is this promise of job placement this is a big sell for a lot of them it's like if you come to us we have recruiters we have specialists everywhere. We have contacts. We can absolutely set you up with a job. And this is something the other places don't do. Uh, Is that a similar line to what you got? So I got that. um, But also my very, very first for-profit college, Everest University. Don't know what their colors are, if they have a mascot, but they sucked me in with a laptop. Really? So they were like, you get this free laptop. It's got Windows and, and this was like way back in the day, Windows and Word and all of the Microsoft and Adobe. And I was just like a laptop and it's all mine and I don't have to pay for it because I was 18. Oh my gosh, yes, please send me this laptop. That's what got me. And all your books are included. Well, duh, because you wrote all of these books and you're just sending out all of the shit that you're getting for free or it's outdated or there's so much outdated information that I got at Everest University. But yeah, they sucked me in with a laptop. And then when I 
learned a little bit about accreditation and I realized that's not where I wanted to be. I still ended up at another for-profit school. And once I got there, it was still for profit, but that one sucked me in with, you'll have all these job prospects. And I know that there's no jobs in psychology, but we've got recruiters. We've got people. Don't you even worry about it. So when I graduated in 2015, where are all these recruiters? Where are all these people? They didn't exist. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. They didn't exist. and mine was a similar story. I got the laptop too. And, and yeah. I don't have a problem talking about it now so everyone knows. So I went to ITT Tech. Um, I I actually do love art and design and things like that. Uh, for those of you that, that may not know, I did our original logo. I didn't do the current one we have, but the original one, I designed that. And it, it's a fun little thing. And so I decided to go into ITT Tech for the School of Graphic Design. Oh, nice. And it, yeah. And, and they gave me a laptop. They did all that stuff. And, and you know, they sold me on all this this job placement. And, and about I went for the bachelor's program. And what I will give to ITT Tech, I don't know if that's the case because as many people know, they, they're no longer in business. The government shut them down. They're yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, they were one of the better schools when it came to accreditation and unit transfers and things like that. That was the other thing that sucked me in. And they offered me a bachelor's. Now, this is a legit bachelor's of science. I still have it from what I've been able to find out. It's still valid. I don't lose my bachelor's of science just because the school was a piece of shit. Good. But I got my bachelor's of science. But about halfway through that, because before you could, the way they, they structured this is just like most schools, I had to get my associates first and then I would move on to my bachelor's. Well, just as we were finishing our associates, they tacked on a bunch of other extra classes. And they're like, we have to do this because the program that we've been giving you guys isn't enough to keep our accreditations. Should have been my first sign right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I started looking into stuff because there was about half of our class that wasn't going to go on to the bachelor's. And so I kept in contact with them. And I found out that a lot of them weren't getting jobs. They, the, the, the recruiters or, or placement people at the site weren't really giving them anything that they could use. And so I had to have this conversation, like, do I want to stay in? And I'm like, well, if, if they're having trouble, I'm going to have trouble. So I might as well stay in. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pay off these student loans now. And I won't even have a job to show for it. So I yep. stayed in. I don't know if it was the right decision or not, because I did graduate graduate with a bachelor's of science. And I will say that having that BS degree, <laughs> BS. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Is pun actually intended. What, what I think put me in the running, what ended up helping me, because it was still a bachelor's of science in a computer-related field. And I do still work with computers now. So it, it allowed me to get the job that I eventually got that got me into my current career path. So there is a little bit okay. of, 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 but again, ITT had no other sure. hands in that. Like the recruiter didn't give me that. Right. I got that job on my own. So sure. say what you will about it, but it, it, they suck you in with this. Now, the, the sad part about all this is when I left ITT tech, I had about $85,000 worth of student loan debt. Mm. That, was, that was my total. Right. Or a bachelor's of science degree that if I had gone to a four-year university, I would have gotten a much better education at a much more reputable school yep. for about the third of the cost that it, it cost me to go to ITT Tech. And That's right. I am still Absolutely. paying off those debts today. Um, and and they, they have an effect. Now, I'm not going to sit here and have a sob story. We're not broke by any means. We're, right. we're a solid middle-class family, but we're now trying to buy a home. And we're finding that what we can afford is at the low end of the market. And it's a struggle because the market is super competitive right now. Oh, yes. It's going to take us a long time to be able to buy a house. And 
and these student loans have a direct effect on that. You know, right. we'd be much Absolutely. in a much better place without them. And so it sucks. And I'm not the only one. This story is going on across the nation right now because places like ITT Tech are getting more heavily regulated. More and more of them are getting shut down because yep. as soon as you put any kind of oversight onto these programs, you find they're just horrible. Absolutely. It, 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 and people like I think myself and, and Britt here are going to be on the more positive end of the stories. I know Britt wasn't happy, yeah. but your, your, your end tale is similar to mine, I think. Why, why don't you give yes. us the... Uh... No, my end tale, is, it's very similar trajectory. Um, so I, I actually, when I first got out of high school, I didn't want to go to college. I, I was a teen parent. We did a whole episode on teen parenting. Um, I was going to go to Concord Career Institute and I was going to be a nurse's or a medical assistant. I signed up. I go for my first day and something told me, look at the paperwork that you just signed. It was terrible. It was going to be like $27,000 for a nine month program. And I don't know if anybody knows any medical assistants starting out, they make peanuts. And so oh, minimum wage, minimum wage. Best. Absolutely. And in I work Georgia, in healthcare actually. So it, it's like 13 to $14 an hour. Here and so in, in Georgia, you're making seven twenty five. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yep. There you go. 725. So I was able to wiggle my way out of that. I had a seven day grace period. I took my grace period, turned around and I said, I've got to make smarter decisions. So where do I end up? Everest University. Get there. And I think it was something in one of the textbooks. I can't quite remember because it was so long ago. It just, it really struck me wrong. I started doing research. I realized that they were nationally accredited and not regionally accredited, um, which if you are a for-profit college, you're more likely to be nationally accredited, but that's not saying that there aren't regionally accredited for-profit colleges. And what that means is it's very hard to transfer your credits. And so I was like, oh, I got to get out of this. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of direction. Um, nobody in my family has ever been to college. And so I'm kind of going at this alone. I didn't really have a lot of people telling me which direction to go in. So I, I ended up at Capella. They took some of my credits. I'm very thankful they took some of my credits. And so I'm going through the process. And I was like, God, this is a, this feels expensive. But this, you know, everybody says you have to go to college. If you don't go to college, then you're not going to make any money. You're not going to be able to buy a house. You're not going to be able to, you know, live the American dream, whatever that's supposed to look like. This was 2012, <laughs> 11. So, you know, back then, people American are still telling dream you doesn't dream. exist. Exactly. It doesn't fucking exist. So I'm getting to the middle of this program and I wanted to join and I can't even remember what it's called because I never got in because they didn't have a chapter at the online college and nothing wrong with online college, but there's something wrong with Capella. I have a big problem with them. I'm very biased against them. They didn't have a chapter and I was like, God, they don't have a chapter. But this girl who goes to the local college, she has a chapter and she's in it and she's making connections. I need to make these fucking connections. And so I keep going through and they do their work in quarters, which is that was a little bit new to me because in my mind, I had this idea of college and it wasn't meeting my idea of college. And so I was like, sure. I'm dropping out, not going back. So I left Didn't they, and they don't do an associate's degree. You go straight so you through to a your bachelor's. Second, yeah. So now you left your second for-profit college. Exactly. And so okay. left my second for-profit college. Well, it's actually my third um, because Concord is a for-profit, Everest, and now this small Concord or um, Capella. Oh, okay. Pardon me. Yeah. So we're, we're on our third now. So I leave and I was like, I'm just, maybe college isn't meant for me, whatever. 
So of course I get back to that. You're supposed to go to college. You, you can, you're never going to make mm-hmm. anything of yourself. You work retail. You hate it here. Thank God your husband makes decent money or you just be piss ass broke all the time. None of my stuff is transferring anywhere. I'm getting accepted into places because I thank God I did great you know, all the way through high school and I had really nice SAT scores and I did well in these courses, but they're not taking any of my credits. And so I was like, fuck it. I have to go back. So I go back and I start taking, like, I took so many CLEP tests. I took anything I could do to test out of classes so that I didn't have to keep accruing that debt is what I did. And they would, anything you took, if you took a CLEP test, they would take it as long as you pass. And so I was going to school in this thing that I basically hated, but I knew I had, I had to see it through to the end because what the hell was I going to do with half a psychology degree that they weren't (laughs) counting as an associate's degree? Like they weren't counting it as shit. It was just, she dropped out. I took all of these tests. I would like take pay for classes out of pocket, which I did not have the money for. Like we were we were living on the edge at that point because I had mm-hmm. to get this done. And so finally, 2015, I have taken every outside credit I can. I finally graduate. And I was like, great. Now I'm going to be able to get a job. I'm going to get this great job. It's going to be fine. Except I didn't. And mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody there to help me. So then I was like, I've got to try to go to like grad school. It was a lot of picking up the pieces. Okay, now I've got to try to go to grad school because this isn't working. And I had somebody flat out tell me, you know, you seem very nice and likable. And I'm not going to lie. I'm fantastic in interviews. I can really milk that shit and make it look good. Yep. <laughs> we're just a little, we're a little sketch about, you know, this college. We don't, we've heard bad things, da, 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 da. And, you know, my cousin went there or whatever. And so I was like, fine, I'm going to go to grad school. Nobody's going to take you in grad school with this. It's not that you don't have a degree, but it's, it's a little sketch. And a lot of the classes that you need to get into certain programs, you're not taking in that school. And so yeah, now they, they just didn't. They didn't exist there. They didn't exist there. So now I'm paying more money out of pocket to take these random classes because I've got to be able to to do something. So I did end up getting into a public university for grad school. I paid so much fucking money to take all of these classes through their, their school so that I had them so that I would qualify to get into the mm-hmm. grad school. So I did <laughs> Arkansas State University. They do have a mascot. They took they took a chance on little old me, and so Aren't I they did. The Razorbacks, I think. Yeah, nope, nope. They're no. the they're the Red Wolves, I think. I don't the know. Red oh, I don't sorry, fucking anyway. know. Who Ooh, cares? No. Because it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it made no difference to me. They sorry still the lynch people there. Whatever. <laughs> I was able to do that, and that's actually been the part that has helped me to get jobs because they're just like, oh my god, you have a you have a master's degree. You're so fancy. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm not because I feel like a lot of that foundational <laughs> stuff. Totally I didn't are have. though. Uh, yeah, I know. You totally are. And, and I say that just because to have a master's degree, I don't care what it's in shows real dedication. And in spite of all the other things. Uh, so I just really wanted to go over some, some statistics about exactly what you guys were talking about. Right. Yeah. Hit so us. Hit, students, hit us, Reverend. Students for profit um, are disproportionately four things generally. Students at for-profit colleges are older than 24 years. They are disproportionately African-American. 
Knew it. They're at a higher rate female, and they are also single parents. So these schools don't just prey on people that are 18. They prey on people that have all kinds of disadvantages. Flexibility is another one of their key selling points. It's like, oh, if you want to work full time, you can come in at night classes. We offer all kinds of night classes. Yeah, it's 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 a big not racket, but it kind of is. No, it's a racket. Everything that they say is is drawing you in. So students for at for profit colleges are less likely to have graduated from high school to the tune of twenty four percent of their population. Uh, not graduated from school, where uh, in public two-year colleges, that's down at 14%. And for public four-year colleges, that's at 4%. Yep. So tuition and fees, not only are they not as good of schools, so you don't get as good of an education, but they cost more. Mm -hmm. So community college typically costs $4,100 a year. A public four-year college costs twice that at $8,200. And then for-profit colleges, on average, are about $16,000 a year. You get the same education as that community college to get your AA, but you you pay four times as much to get it. And it's not worth as much because it's not transferable. That's right. College completion rates. So you talked about the fact that you went to literally three different for-profit colleges. What do you think the the for-profit four-year college completion rate is? What would you say? 25%. 25? I'm going I'm to say it's higher. It's for, for-profit completion is probably going to be, no, not higher. I'm sorry. I meant lower. I'm going to say <laughs> in like the eight, 18%. Okay, okay. You guys are actually both low. It's 35%. Oh, I was going to say 30. So the only thing that comes close is a public two-year college, right? So that community college, and they're at 38%. But then when you go to public four-year colleges or a private four-year college, it jumps up to 65% and 76% respectively. Average earnings, right, after 10 years. A two-year for-profit college, after 10 years, the median income for those people that graduated would be $28,700. After 10 years, $28,700. I don't know about you. I couldn't live on $28,700. No. Not with over $20,000 worth of debt. Because the average person that graduates from a for-profit college graduates with over $20,000 more in debt than if they would have gone to a a regular uh, community college. Yeah, that's the other thing that sucks about this is what I was reading up on this, the return on investment. So basically the time extremely low. Yeah. The time it takes the person to recoup what they've spent on their college, I think for and Kay, you've got the numbers here, but tell me wrong. I think for Mm -hmm. most uh, regular schools, so nonprofit schools, if it's a four year university or something like that, it takes anywhere from like one to five years. Whereas with a for-profit college, it can take as much as 10 to 25 years or not at all. In fact, the rates of not getting back your investment on your education with for-profit are significantly higher than with uh, nonprofit schools. So, so I don't actually uh, have that specific number. I didn't, didn't see that as a, as a statistic. I've got it for you if you want it. 
Sure. What is it? Yeah. So it's basically by years and by sector. So it was broken down. It was a uh, a report that was basically titled Providing Low-Income Students the Best Bang for Your Educational Buck. This is from The Third Way. Um, and so mm-hmm. they broke down the numbers. So the years it takes to get a return on your investment. For public schools, about 65% will get it in zero to five. About 14% will get it in five to 10. 3% it takes 10 to 15, 1% 15 to 20, 11 per, or 1% 20 to 25, and then like 3% greater than 25. And then it gets into like no return on investment is like 13%. So that's for a public school. Sure. Uh, th- these are your your standard, you know, it could be two years, it could be four years, just generally in public school. For private mm-hmm. institutions, about half, 48% will get the return on investment at about zero to five years. Now, obviously that's lower than the public schools, but that's because it costs a lot more for private education. Right. But in five to 10 years, the number jumps to 28 versus the 14 for public schools. So at the 10 year mark, uh, 16, that's 76% of people are getting return on investment. Okay. Then 10 to 15, it jumps to nine. And then the numbers again start dropping and becoming equal. So like 15 to 20, you see four, you know, uh, 20 to 25, you see one. And then it jumps to greater than 25 and then no return on investment at five and six. So for profit, here are the numbers. Let me, it, it drops significantly. So for profit, about 15% are going to get their investment back in five years. Not me. 10%. Yep. 10% in five to 10, 2% in 10 to five. Let's just skip all the middle stuff. No return on investment, 63%. So about 63% yeah, of the people that choose a non uh, for-profit college will never see a return on the investment they get at all. So I was talking about that uh, median earnings after 10 years, right? Yeah. So a two-year was 28700 A four-year for-profit college is 38700 Another, you know, $10,000. But as you said, it takes the average person that goes to these for-profit colleges almost never gets a return on investment. Community college, if you go for a two-year degree, your uh, median earnings after 10 years will be 32700 That's like smack dab in between the two-year for-profit and the four-year for-profit. Mm-hmm. Now, if you went to a four-year public school after 10 years, your average income, median income, would be $42,400. And it's half as cheap as your for-profit four-year college. Yep. So you'll make more by almost a quarter and it will cost you half as much. That's insane. And just to put that in perspective, like if you just take, like you said, I think four years at for profit, you make about 33,000 a year, right? Divide, divide that. Yeah. Divide that by 12 months. That comes to $2,750 a month before you get taxed. Yep. And depending on where you live, that can wildly determine your means. Well, but just because I, let's just, yeah. if you live in Georgia, it's a lot, you know, rent there is much less expensive than here in Los Angeles. But you're still sure. not making it on $33,000 a year. Yeah. Like, I again, agree break, with for you. For the breaking down, most people get paid bi weekly. That works out to about $1,375 bi weekly, $1,370 bi weekly before taxes. taxes. After taxes, you're not making 1000 Do you guys pay um, state and federal taxes? Right. We we do. Okay. Yeah. So Florida doesn't, and I fucking work in Florida, but I live in Georgia. So of course I pay Georgia taxes. And so, you know, it's taxes, both taxes, insurance, all of the things that we have coming out. You're not making piss after 
all of those things come out, you're not living on that amount of money. If you're making $1,300 after taxes, insurance, all I'm of those like things, your check, your check is probably less than that. Yeah, it's, it's probably, probably less closer than that. to seven or eight hundred. Seven yeah. or eight hundred. Let let let's go with eight hundred, right? So figure that just to give everybody listening an idea, the average studio in California right now about <laughs> eighteen hundred a month. Yeah, if you want a one bedroom, you're going to pay anywhere from twenty one hundred dollars all the way to thirty two hundred dollars for a one bedroom apartment. And so, enjoy. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. In Georgia, I was going to say you'll probably pay about 700 for that studio. So don't know what you're going to do with the rest of your not having money, but you can't live in California and I guess you can't live here either. Well, but it it also is a good point. Like it's a little bit more affordable, but that's still basically like half of your month's pay is just going to rent and you've got to stretch the rest of it out for every other bill, gas. And um, then you've got to pay student loans. Yep. And then you better pay those student loans. Because almost no one pays for for profit school out of pocket. It doesn't happen. That's right. It's almost all financed. That's right. 100%. And so one one thing I do want to bring back to, so a lot of people listening, and if there's any conservatives out there, and I know there's at least a few, because I see you thumbs downing our videos and you occasionally comment on our uh, our, our social media. So I know you're listening. Thanks. We appreciate uh, it. We do. Actually, boosting those numbers, keep it up. But one of the common things you'll hear, and we are a political commentary podcast, so one of the things we have to put this is in a political frame, but one of the common things you'll hear from the right and, and a lot of like boomer liberals is this of like, well, what about social, what about personal responsibility? If, if you didn't want all this stuff to happen, why did you sign up? Well, let me, let me address that because there's probably some younger people that have come in after all of this crap has gone out. And it's very common for people to know about the dangers of for-profit colleges. You all might be thinking, well, why did you do this? Well, let me explain something to you. No one knew at the time we were going to school that these colleges were like that. In fact, right. no. the the common as as Britt was kind of hinting on the common message as I was growing up, as we were go, as all of us now. Kay, you're about four years older than me, right? Yeah, I'm forty one. Britt, you don't have to tell us your age, but I was born in eighty four. I'm thirty three. 33. Okay. So Britt's yeah. a little bit behind me by about four years. So that's actually good. We've got yeah, four so- year, eight years between the three of us. So that works. All, I'm sure Britt's going to say the same thing, but all of us were instilled from the time we were in elementary school with this idea, you have to get a college degree. It doesn't yep. matter. And again, these words were what we were told. It doesn't matter what you get a degree in oh, yep. so long as you get a degree. Just go to college, get a degree. You will make more money. This is the message we got from our parents, from our teachers, from um, from uh, what is it? The guidance counselors at school. Like this was a unified message that we were taught. And so when we would go to like college, like the college recruiters would come in for profit schools were featured just as heavily as the UCs. You know what else was featured pretty heavily or like the military, at least in my area, yep. like you'd have a few. Oh, the military was huge. Huge. And so it's like, if you're not going to the military, you need to go to college. You need to figure it out because it'll be meaningful Mm -hmm. and impactful. Even, I mean, I, it was still meaningful and impactful and I don't want to like sound all glum. Like it was all terrible. I did have a pretty decent outcome, but I had to work really hard. And when I say work really hard, not pull myself up by the bootstraps, but I had to get really fucking creative to make it work in the end. And 
had I gone to a public institution, I might not have had to have been so creative. Yeah. Well, and that's just, that's just it. Everyone you trust as an adult, when you're a child is giving you the same message to do something. Yep. You know, it is unreasonable to expect that person to think anything else. College is where we're supposed to start challenging our ideas and things like that. You know, we, we are getting to the point where we're even starting to question our parents most of the time, at least in things like this until we get Mm -hmm. to college. You know, and so, and it was during college when I started questioning these things. And so that's why a lot of us started on this path. And to just, again, piggyback off what Britt was saying, overall, I'm not going to say I had a bad time. I never went hungry. I was always able to find a way to support myself. Right. Despite all the bull crap I had to deal with both during and after, because there was some stuff and, and. I think eventually we're going to cover student loans, not on this podcast, but on a future one. But I've got some stories I can tell you about dealing with Sally May because they were the ones that were my loan holders. And boy, was that a whole ordeal unto itself. But because I had a good familial support system and because I always was able to keep a job, I got ahead of it. But my experiences could have been so much easier had I not gone to this school. And I can't even begin to think what all the people that weren't as lucky as myself or Britt went through right. because they're, our stories are not the norm for four. No, they colleges. are not typical. Yeah. We are outliers that got lucky. Most kids were screwed, especially the ones that were in the middle of school while they were, while, while I teach tech was shut down. Oh, in Jacksonville, Florida, There were students that were, they went to school and their school was shut down. They had no idea it was coming. They were in the middle of things that could not be, you couldn't just transfer it like willy-nilly. They were in the middle of like vet tech and programs that were very hands-on. And the school just didn't open one day. Yeah, the doors were literally shut and locked. And students were piling up outside going, what the hell? And there was no one there to talk to them, literally. No one. And that's exactly it. It, 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 Most of the people that were at the ground level, too, didn't know it was coming. The recruiters didn't know. The job placement people didn't know. It was literally like everyone, all the people that were making the money took the money and ran. And I think we are still... Not real, like the Biden administration is starting to to try and help. But keep in mind, all this stuff took place around, was it 2012, 2013, 2014? It started to hit in like 2012, 2013. Okay, that's when it started was, to come out. Yeah. It was and, 20, yeah, 2011 uh, and 2012 it was the peak. The number of schools peaked there in 2012. So it was like 2014 is when things started coming coming to a head, I think, is when everything started to come crashing down. Yeah. There are programs for a lot of the students that were going to school or had gotten their degrees within like a year to six months of all this happening, of everything shutting down. But none of those programs apply to people that got their degrees before. None of those programs are, exist to help people like myself or Brit who are stuck with the bill. They got our money and they're going to and the loan holders are going to continue to get it. And not just stuck with the bill, but you're also stuck with the stigma of the college. Because anybody that hears, oh, I've got a degree from ITT Tech, they go, (laughs) because that school was probably the most famous defunct uh, for-profit school. 
you know, well, in 2010, yeah. there was 1,100, roughly 1,100 for-profit schools here in the United States. It peaked in 2012 with 1,400. And after 2012, when we started to realize what was going on, where there was all these predatory practices and they were lying to their students and, and we started to see schools start closing in droves. So by 2014, we were back, back down to the 1,100 schools roughly. And then all the way in 2017, we were down to 650 schools that are for profit. Good. 650. Yeah, good. And I agree that that's good. But my point is, is that they were hugely popular because they made all kinds of promises. And today they can't make those same promises, yeah. which is great because they weren't helping people. Yeah. It was predatory. They knew it was predatory, but they didn't care. 100%. They didn't. Yeah. And, and, and that's part of the reason why Britt and I especially, I think, wanted to do this is because we need to keep getting the word out. Because like yes. Kay was mentioning, so these colleges still exist. And benefit from our uh, bad choices, people. Uh, benefit yes, from please. our experience. Because... While, again, I am not saying it is impossible to get a good education and to be successful from going to a for-profit college, it is far more cost-effective to not do so, and it is far more beneficial to go to a non-profit school, to go to a university. And I know they're expensive. They will never be as expensive. And that's the other thing, too, as we didn't mention. The schools are, I don't know how they are now, but they were very good at pitching themselves as the cheaper alternative. That was oh, the other absolutely. thing that sold me on ITT Tech, is they told me that I would be saving more money in the long run by going with them. It was only absolutely. after I graduated that I found out that a full a bachelor's degree, four-year university at Cal State Northridge, which is very near where I live, would have cost me about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 in the exact same program. Well, and that's, that's what I was saying earlier, is that that same four-year degree literally would have cost half, half of the amount of money that you spent. And the way that they do this, and what I was reading in an article was that they talk to you and they tell you that everything is included. Yep. All of your expenses. Laptops and that too. If you go to a, laptops. If you go to a public school, you have to pay for your books. You have to pay for your laptop. You got to pay for your classes. You got to pay for all your your extracurriculars. You got to pay for everything. And they they come up with these numbers and they say, "Look, look how much money you can save, and we give you a better education." And it was a lie. It was always a lie. Now, I also want to preface a lot of this by saying. This is not online schooling. We are not talking right. about accredited universities that have online programs because there's a lot of online learning going on right now. Online schools in general have become amazing universities. They have great curriculums and they have amazing teachers and they do really good things. Now, I'm not going to tell you what those colleges are. You're going to need to go and do your own research but they are not going to guarantee you anything. Right. I guarantee that. <laughs> They're not going to guarantee you anything. And I feel like that was one of the things at the time, because I was, I was very much in that demographic of person that was going to fall into a for-profit school. Mine just happened to be a for-profit online school. But again, that is not, not all online schools where I was, 
you know, a little bit older. I was um, a black female. I was, I wasn't a single parent, but I was a parent. And so it was very easy. Like, oh, it's going to be so easy on your time. It's going to be, you know, it's so accessible. Accessibility is the number one thing that will get me every single time outside of a free laptop or a free quote (laughs) laptop is accessibility. It's something you can do while working full time and while raising your child full time and doing all of these things. And so I did have to learn to adapt when I got to grad school, because obviously that's that's a higher level of work. But it was also at a public university where you you don't have that as much of that accessibility. You can find places that have it. Um, I kind of opted out of it because I I don't know, I was going through some stuff with having finished a for profit college and I just I really needed the experience, but it might not be as accessible, but it's. It's still just as good. All of my grad school work was online. Did it with all the great teachers. Yeah, there's and... there's nothing wrong with online schooling. Mm-hmm. And, but that's why I wanted to be very specific yeah. about this. We're not talking about online college. We're talking about for-profit college. Yeah. These are places that charge you money to teach you things to make money, to to pay a dividend to to investors. Yeah. And here's something else that I want us to touch on too. In the the vein of education, so we're talking a lot about going to college, going to school. And one of the things we were force fed as we were growing up is this idea of you have to go to college. Well, this is where I'm going to adopt a little bit of a conservative line. I know, I know. What am I thinking? But this is one thing where a line that most conservatives will parrot vigorously, and I agree with them on this, is this idea of learning a trade. I think this is, mm-hmm. it's not all conservatives. It, like it, It's a lot of, but it's a very working class and therefore very right-leaning line of thinking, but it's a good line of thinking because you can make just as much money sometimes by learning a trade than you can by going to a for-profit school. In fact, industries like plumbing and construction are desperate for God, you know how right much now. an electrician with five years experience makes? I, I think it's 80, 90... a year. Yeah. It's insane. And and I think it's, it bears mentioning because one of the things that we've been talking about ladies lately is not just bashing on things we hate, but we want to bring to light things we're for. And this is one of those opportunities. College is great. Don't misunderstand. I think college can bring all kinds of wonderful experiences. And as much as I don't like the institution of for-profit colleges, my college experience overall was good. I made friends. I did things. I learned things. And it was, I, I learned a lot about myself doing it. And I highly recommend it for you if it's for you and affordable. Yeah. But if it's not, Don't lock yourself in. Education of any kind is always good. And a trade is another form of education. That's right. Absolutely. absolutely And and Kay, I think you can speak to that. I went to a trade school. I I went to school and it was at an adult school, which is not a college. And I went to school to become a machinist. I went to a a program, call it a, a learn as you go. So basically, you can spend as much time as you want there. It is open from like 8 a.m. to like 9 p.m. every day. And they have an instructor there the entire time. And I did in three months what most students there do in a year. And the reason why is because I treated it like a job. I went there for eight to 10 hours every day, five days a week. And I learned to become a machinist. Now, 
I ultimately didn't become a machinist. I actually repair CNC machinery now. And it was just slightly more suited to me after I finished my my years wor- or years worth of uh, education in, in the three months. I had the opportunity to to interview with a company that was a manufacturer of CNC equipment. I was able to get a job there and I was able to have all of the learning and all of the training to do that job. But I already knew how to run the machines. I already knew how to program them. I knew how to set them up. I knew how to be a machinist. And this is just one example of a trade in which people make good money. A good machinist at at a machine shop that can not only operate, but set up and program the machine can make 80, 90, 100, $120,000 a year. Now, that's not every person, don't get me wrong, but they can make good money doing it. They can make a lot more money than that uh, 48,000 or excuse me, 42,000 for a four-year public college degree. Right. They can make it fairly quickly. It is worth going to school. It is always worth educating yourself. It is always yep. worth going to that community college, even if it's just for fun. Yeah. Maybe you'll find something else that you want to do instead of what you're doing now. And yeah. that's okay. Even if you're in like a high school setting, um, I know all high schools aren't created equally, but like my son's high school, they have an option where you get a lot of those experiences. You can go into mm-hmm. different, they're called verticals or something along that line. Um, you can get a lot of those different experiences. Um, say you're thinking about going into welding or plumbing, or even you want to get your CNA, mm-hmm. you can do a lot of those things while you're in high school. And if you say, great, this is for me, I'm on this trajectory and I like it, that's wonderful. And you're not spending that money after school because you've already got a lot of that training now. Or if you say, you know what, I think I, I think I'd like to look into some form of higher education. You've still got that opportunity without that baseline of accrued debt. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's an awesome program, and, and I Which think schools uh, are more and more starting to adopt things like that. There is a push that I've been feeling, at least in the language and the way kids are being talked to, that is encouraging them to go down this route as well. I think the important thing to take away from all this is when you're 18 years old, who the hell knows what the fuck you want to do when you're 18? There's, there's very few people. Yeah. Very few people. I wanted to be a cop. Yeah. That that would have been a very different podcast. Uh, What the fuck was going on is, is Brit, you're a very good person and you're a caring person. Given what you currently do now, you got a big heart and you wanted the chance to help. That's probably what was going on. That's why I didn't become a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Because you actually wanted to help people. I was like, oh, I I can't do that. That could be illegal. Uh, But we digress, you know, and that's the message I think we want to bring here is doesn't matter what you're learning. Well, I mean, if... if, Let, let me take that back. I mean, if, that if, you learn. if you're studying whips and chains 101, it may be not as good as, let's like, say, math or science. But the gear is 
constantly keep learning, always strive to educate yourself and, and find the path that works for you. And don't let people pressure you into doing something that you may not be ready for. Some people are going to be ready for college from the time they're 16. Some people aren't going to be ready for college until they're in their mid forties. You know, yeah. I mean, actually Chris is a good example. Chris worked Joe jobs for most of his life. And those are good experiences. Mm-hmm. He started going mm-hmm. to college later in life. He's on his, I think he'll have his bachelor's this year. I wish he was here to, tell us for sure i think it's this year right yeah i don't, okay. I don't know yeah i'll have his so. bachelor's by this year and in another two years i'll have his master's everybody's different that's everybody right. has a different thing that's going to work for them and what you need to be aware of is what's out there so luckily now google's a thing when it wasn't when we were all younger well, um so yahoo you've got a well yeah i know <laughs> yahoo didn't help us with shit literally shit. <laughs> google knows everything yahoo that's all didn't. that's all Yahoo gave me is their fucking slogan that was yold for like five years. <laughs> Yahoo. Whatever. I can't yell yeah. shit, but you get the blue. Yeah, that one. Fucking Yahoo. But anyway, <laughs> we di- we digress yet again. Tell me how you really feel about it. Yeah. They're just they're just a step below fucking Ted Cruz. Fuck <laughs> Yahoo. They're the Ted Cruz of fucking search engines, is what they yes. are. Yes. Wow. That that level of hate is is it's warranted is what it is warranted, <laughs> sir. It's it's a search engine, bro. Yeah, fuck Yahoo, Google all day. <laughs> or if you want to get fucking meta with it, ask Jeeves, bitches. Oh no, not ask Jeeves. Go go Google ask Jeeves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go do that. <laughs> But getting back to it, that I think is the message is for-profit schools are definitely not something you want to you want to look into. I mean, I'm no. sure there's still some around that might be helpful to you, but there are so many better options. Honestly, getting a two-year degree from a, a junior college would be better than going to a for-profit in most instances. And take that time to figure out who you are. That's yes. what you should do. This push for everyone to know what the fuck they want to do by the time they're 13 goddamn years old is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And yep. it's still going on today. Learn who you are. Most of us don't fully come into who we are as an adult until our mid-20s, for Christ's sake. Oh, later than that. I'm yeah. sorry. At least you're I'm 30. I'm going to say it's much later. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we still continue to grow and evolve. Well, here's what I'll say. Who I am now is a hop, skip, and a jump from who I was when I was 25. But who I was Miles at 25 is in the fucking next galaxy compared to who I was at 21. Yep. And who I was at 21 is still even further than who I was at 16 or 18. You, We grow so much in the years after high school that it's, it's insane. So trying to lock yourself into a career path at such a young age or what you should do is ridiculous. And that's the advice I want to leave everyone with here. That's going to be my final thought on this matter. Kay and Britt, what do you think? No, I agree. I definitely think that it's very important to give yourself some time and some grace because that's that's the number one thing that I felt like I didn't have was time and grace to figure out who I was, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, ultimately, I did get here. Very excited about that. Um, if you listen to our podcast, Windsor and I have something huge coming up in September. Can't wait to share that with everybody. But it's it's along the same lines of what we've already been doing, what we've wanted to do. And it's 
I will say that I feel like a lot of my experiences have helped us get there. But Windsor's, I don't know how old Windsor is. She's older than I am, maybe by a couple of years, maybe by 10 years. I'm not quite sure. But she's older than I am. So we're getting there. We're in our 30s. We're still making changes. She and I both have children. And that's one thing that we impart in our children is give yourself some time, figure it out. If you've got to live in the basement for a little bit, you know, maybe have a job or something, make some friends, have some experiences, donate all my food, things like that. But give yourself time. It doesn't have to happen right now because who you're going to be at 30, it, it definitely is going to be different than who you were at 25, 21, 18, 16, etc. Amen, sister. Amen. Reverend. I'd like to say when you're trying to figure out what you want to do, do do the research. Oh yeah. If you want to if you want to go to that for-profit school, fine, go to that for-profit school, but make sure that it's going to give you what you are actually looking for. Because if it doesn't give you what you're actually looking for, then it's useless. But also, if you're if if you're going to go to college just because that's what mom and dad say to do, don't go to college. Don't do it. What you need to do is figure out what you want to do and do that. Because Mm -hmm. there are far too many people that became lawyers and doctors, uh, you know, and went to those extremes and hate who they are and what they do. Just because you have a degree does not mean you are going to be happy. You may be happy swinging a hammer. You may be happy trying to invent things. You may be happy living in a van, traveling the country, writing copy for companies on your computer. Whatever is going to make you happy, do the research and figure it out. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to college. That doesn't mean that that isn't a good place to actually figure out what what you want is. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that was good. That was good. Oh, and with that, let's let's jump into a little bit of Matt's mailbag. I guess that's what we're calling this now, right? According <laughs> Matt's to Chris. mailbag, absolutely, yeah. sir. All right. Britt, I'm ha- I'm happy to hear you. We've actually got a special one today. So a uh, little backstory. I have been noticing a a new person that's kind of been shouting us out a little bit on Twitter. Just and and every time this person seems to get through an episode, they leave us a little comment, a little shout out. And uh, her name is Kaylee. She's a new Twitter follower. Kaylee, you are absolutely amazing. I love you. I've been engaging with her a little bit today in our messages. And she left us a comment. She's up to episode 15 by last count. And so that was the uh, physician assistant suicide episode. And so mm, she, I love she, that episode. So do I. It's, really it's one of my more favorite ones. Uh, but she's got a comment. And I want to, I want not just Kay, you're not just going to respond, but Britt, you're going to respond too as our special guest today. So oh, yeah. here, here's what she says. Um, Episode 15, I used to think exactly the same way that you think about physician-assisted suicide, but I've learned a lot in the last five years. I've got to say that I really don't disagree with this one unless we can somehow establish a communist utopia. So she's basically on the side of physician-assisted suicide and things like that, which I thought we were too. Um, She did say she's a card carrier herself, so she's we got another communist in our ranks. Chris Chris is sprouting them like bunnies. Man. Uh, She goes on to say there are so many reasons that aren't physical slash medical pain that people choose to kill themselves, i.e. they can't afford their treatment. Unless we can meet Mm -hmm. all of people's needs, offering them death is just that, 
killing off the poor. Not dead yet on Facebook is a great resource for this. So she links to that and I'll probably post that in our uh, thing. So I think what she's saying is that uh, we shouldn't allow physician assisted suicide because essentially it's just killing off the poor is I believe her take. She goes on to say that this shit referring to the link she provided is scary. And until it's addressed, I won't entertain the thought of this not being a selfish tool. I lost my baby brother to cancer too. And letting go was hard. The soul crushing experience of watching him in a coma was a lot more pain for me than it was for him. Sometimes not letting go isn't simply selfish. It's it's pain. Also, I haven't gotten to the death penalty party yet part yet, but I have a suspicious feeling that I'm going to agree with Chris. I'll let you know if that changes. So she hasn't, she hasn't let us know, but so that's an interesting take. So what I, and again, Kaylee, we've been talking. So if I get this wrong, let me know. But what I'm understanding your take to be is that you are against this because in your take, essentially what we're doing is just, it's killing off the poor and you don't like that until we can figure out how to meet everyone's needs. She's basically, she's saying is we, need to have that communist utopia first so we can be sure that it's not some other reason and then if people still want to die we can address letting them have it and i don't agree with that uh, i still believe in body autonomy first and foremost it's a person's right it's their choice they should be able to do it but i think it's an interesting take that is a very interesting take because i also believe in body autonomy like you do with your body what you please and I'll do with my body what I'm going to do with it. But I do see what she's saying, though, because it does create like a broader ethical issue of if, you know, if we're going into this, but we're not providing for those medications. Like I use Georgia a lot because Georgia is the perfect example of a shit show where mm-hmm. um, you do not want to get sick in this state. Like every day I knock on wood. I had a, an allergic reaction a couple of months ago, and thank God I had insurance out of Florida or I would have just been dead, basically. Um, but it's a location where I, if I have cancer and we're getting so far in the hole, is that something that I'm thinking about? And then if people are allowing me to do it, are they saying, well, that broke, bitch. Okay, have have at it. So it, I get where she's saying, like, it creates like this interesting ethical maybe not issue but definitely like an ethical question of are we creating a state where you know it's just kill off all those brokies i don't know a better more elegant way to say that i usually get the weirdest the night goes on no 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 i think i I get exactly what you're saying because there there really isn't an elegant way to say it in fact the way we treat the poor in this country is very much like that i mean for fuck's sake, the mayor of, of Los Angeles here, uh, Garcetti, just had his house vandalized with a, in, in the midst of a big protest because he's a piece of shit that signed an ordinance essentially limiting where people can have tent cities and shit. And again, uh. this is not helping the poor. All you are doing is disenfranchising them further, getting rid of any chance of survivability that they have, and pushing them aside so you don't have to fucking look at them. Right. I'm, I'm sorry that all he got had done was have his house vandalized. The fucker should have been brought out with the guillotines. Honestly, that's bullshit. Burn it down. So my take on her opinion of this is that while I feel bad about the disenfranchised, the poor, the underinsured, that doesn't mean that people that do have insurance and do have means shouldn't have the option. Because I just don't believe in denying one group of people a freedom 
because another doesn't also have that same advantage. Uh, because I, I think that that is at its core, not what we should be doing for people that are suffering. Like restricting their rights so that with the perception that everybody will, it's like everybody or nobody, it's like it shouldn't be one or the other. Equality is not equity. That's and true. what we need is equity. Yeah. And what she's preaching is equality. And what I want is equity for all. I want people to have insurance, but I also want people to have the right to do with their bodies what they want. Uh, yeah, good yeah. points all around. And, and you know what, Kaylee? These are the kinds of responses we love. We absolutely love it. This is the stuff that we Yeah, thank want. you for posing it. Yeah, I, I, I love... Uh, see, this is one of those times where we can absolutely disagree. You know, we can disagree about things all we want, anything, any number of things. What we can't disagree on is human rights. That's right. And basic human decency. That's the point where mm-hmm. I, I refuse to agree to disagree with you. But stuff like this and how even if you completely disagree with us, you right wingers that are so fond of disliking our content, give us a line. I really I still to this day want to hear from you. And I think we proved, at least with the uh, interview with Off- Officer Gordon, that we're capable of having a civilized conversation with somebody we fundamentally agree with. Yeah, Hit us with did. it. Disagree. You know? Fundamentally yeah. disagree. Yeah. Now, I will say this, though. We, we talked about this a lot, and I'll just do a side note here before we close this one out, is I think as we established in the podcast episode, Officer Gordon is an outlier. He was not at all what we were expecting to get as far as a cop. We were expecting to get a full-blown Trumper. And so it's much easier, I think, to have a civilized conversation with somebody like Officer Gordon than it would be to to, to say a full-blown right-winger Trumper cop. I, I think it would have gone a lot differently. I.e. my dad. <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I send him your podcast all the time. He gets he's he's not my biggest fan, but I definitely. Does, does I, he just get angry at us? He just gets angry at me. Stop sending me this shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, no, 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 no. No, awesome. No. I'm do, okay right now. We are decreeing here on episode thirty-five. At the end of every episode going forward, we will be giving Brit's dad a shout out. His name is Cedric. Cedric, that's it. Noted. We don't. We don't need to shout out Cedric. Yes, we do. No, sh- nope. <laughs> this this is Matt's mailbag. We are shouting out Cedric. Okay, so to Cedric, your daughter is awesome, and you need to get on board with her shit now. I need some yeah, money too right now. All right, uh, that's all I've got. I want to end this note before we close everything out. Finally, for the last time, uh, Britt, hit us up. Thanks, I hate it. It is an amazing podcast. I know you already talked a little bit about it, but give us a plug and then we'll close this mother out. Yeah, so my best friend and I, Windsor, we have a podcast, Thanks, I Hate It. We call it social commentary because it's the best way that we can define it in a way that we can just talk about the things that we like. A lot of it is us um, being upset at Republicans, men, and, and white people honestly, um, even though Windsor herself is a white person. But it's a lot of us complaining, being drunk, um, but giving a lot of information. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted to, I reached out about this episode and I kind of hoped that it would happen. And then it happened a lot sooner than I had anticipated, which was fantastic in my opinion, was our biggest thing is we think of all of our listeners as our children. And we want to make sure that you have the most 
relevant and up-to-date information about whatever topic we are talking about. So you can hit us up on Twitter, Instagram at T-I-H-I podcast, um, or you can visit our website, T-I-H-I podcast.com. That is where we are all the time. We eventually will answer any messages. It might take a while, but we get there. Um, But we love new listeners. We love this show. So if you're listening to this, we definitely think that you would like our show also. So hit us up, engage with us. Kaylee, great question. It was great to hear it. And I'm glad that I got an opportunity to be here and respond. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. That's thanks. I hate it guys. Again, if you aren't listening to it, what are you even doing with your life? Seriously. I'd like to say thank you for coming on, on such short notice. Uh, we really appreciate it. No, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. 100%. Uh, final shout out. Happy birthday to Chris. Happy um, birthday. We, 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 we had a lot of jokes today, but we absolutely love you. We miss you. We'll see you next week. Until then, everybody, uh, our email is theoutleftpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up with any messages, any feedback, anything you want to talk to us about. We'll give you a shout out here. Until then, everyone, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And until next time, the revolution is you.